But we've all seen or experienced ourselves people that have that kind of aura about them of like, I'm here to enjoy it. Yeah. And also the confidence that comes with knowing your body. That's Thanks. sexy. That is that so is sexy. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lou, and this is More Permission a podcast for women who want to enjoy life, ditch the toxic scripts and live authentically. Wherever you are, however you found this, I hope you'll feel welcome here. All right, well, we're talking about our bodies. Do you love your body? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. If I'm honest, not in a, I don't hate it either. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't use the word love, probably. I respect my body. I think that's it. That's what I do. Okay. Um, What's the difference between love and respect in terms of your body? I think um, I respect it for the job that it does. I don't always look at it with um, a positive joy. Uh, and sometimes it really, really frustrates me. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I feel like love, it shouldn't, but I feel like love is just such an, an all-compassing positive word. It doesn't always feel like there's room for frustration and disappointment, which is definitely all part of my relationship with my body. So you've just talked about for what it does, so how your body works and what it yeah. does for you. And you've also talked about what it looks like and you respect what it does for you but you have trouble with the, what it looks like piece. Yeah. And also what it hasn't always done. <laughs> such I, as? Um, such as I didn't have natural labors for my children. That didn't happen. So. And how do you feel towards your body about th- that? Um, now I feel like I've got to a place where I'm at peace with that, but I definitely had a long period of time where I was really frustrated about it. Um, because I definitely subscribe and would still tell new mothers or expectant mothers, like, you know, your body has this amazing capacity. People do this, you know, and, and fill them with that kind of confidence and that kind of understanding of what their body can do. Cause it is amazing. Um, so it came as a shock to me when that didn't happen. Did you feel like your body had let you down? Yeah, absolutely. And because my, my first daughter was unwell when she was born, um, yeah, definitely. I, I was, I've just been emailing a new mum actually. Um, and who had a, a kind of similar situation and that feeling when I first met my daughter, she had a lot of wires in her and she was, you know, she was unwell and that feeling of like, I, I felt like I'd done that to her, you know, mm-hmm. um, what my body had. So when you reach a limit in terms of what your body can do or what you feel it should be able to do, then you feel like there's one strike against your body there in terms of how you feel towards it. Yeah. And I don't think it's a permanent strike, but it's just no longer do I think anything's possible (laughs) with your body. Sometimes it's not. Um, So I think my awareness to what bodies can do has, has come with a knowledge that sometimes it doesn't work out. We can have a transactional relationship with bodies where we think that they are valuable based on what they can produce. So, and not just our bodies, but the kind of the bodies that we tend to value culturally are bodies that are productive and um, are able to sort of accomplish certain things. Um, And I don't know whether we internalize some of that. 
And so we kind of think that our love for our bodies is conditional and it's conditional on whether it they do the things or look the way or, you know, perform whatever they're supposed to perform rather than just being wholly accepted. I think for me, loving, learning to love my body, I'd say I'm learning to, mm. and learning to love my body is not really so much about the way that I feel about it, although it sometimes is, but it's more about kind of actively choosing to love my body. And it's something, yeah, it's something I have to keep doing. I have to keep doing every day by kind of um, appreciating the sensations that my body, my body has. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes just even just, just reminding my body when, when a, a thought does come up that, um, that is unpleasant about my body, reminding my body that it is, it is wholly mine and it is wholly allowed to be where it is and that it's my, it's my home. Um, and, and, and you know, for me, becoming a parent in a big way then adds another layer onto that process because that's something I'm trying to model as well mm, mm. and I know that kids just see right through you if you say that you love your body but you don't you know they they can read that and so it, it has to be something that's really authentic not just for them but because I really need that mm. I I really need to to get to a stage or to just keep practicing that kind of that joy in my flesh for me it's um I'd, I'd pick the phrase love your body apart a little bit and ask the question, what do you mean by love? Um, because I've come to, to view love as, I mean, it's such a crazy word. We use it for so many things and in so many ways, but I've come to view it more as a verb, like a bit like what you're saying, Adele, in terms of an active word. So if I think of it as a verb and I ask, do I love my body? Like, what am I doing? with my body to my body in my body that shows I love it or or otherwise do I take care of my body um do I listen to my body if it's tired do I rest it if it if it's full of energy or stressed do I go and exercise you know um if I'm full do I stop eating if I'm hungry do I eat (laughs) um do I take time enjoying a shower, like more than just the functional side of it, you know, do I spend time moisturizing my skin, whatever, um, whatever it is that is a sort of an action towards my body that is loving. And so I'd say it's, 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 it's not, um, it's not a yes, it's not a no, (laughs) but I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in the kind of positive ground um I definitely have that kind of relationship with my body where I do try and and listen and take care of my body but um there are definitely some blind spots some some very strong areas that I still need to learn and grow in in that respect by the way I'm sure everybody was thinking that when he said love is a verb they were saying yes it's a song as well <laughs> I don't know else. You know that song, don't you, Lou? No. <laughs> love, love is a verb. <laughs> I don't know that song. Are you serious? You don't. Anyway, no. you can look that up. I think what both of you said is really important, and I do, I, I am working towards that um, in terms of choosing, that choosing to um, love or accept 
um, or acknowledge the role that that part that your body plays. And um, like, and I definitely feel that that is so important actually. And it sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? Like affirmations or, but it's so true and it's so important. And uh, it's when powerful I first, as well. So powerful. It sound cheesy to me. Affirmations is what I live by. I'm all about a good mantra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And when I, I really don't want to go to the story again, but when I went to see a woman's physio, who I recommend to every woman, um, she said to me, you seem quite disconnected to like, well, she was talking about your, my stomach actually at the time with my scar and, and also my vagina and vulva and all that fun stuff, but <laughs> you seem quite disconnected to it. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I am right now. <laughs> it's not on a top priority. Um, postpartum. Um, but when we really inhabit our bodies, that can change the whole perspective, the whole framing, the whole of every day of every experience and every relationship. It, it literally is, that is the game changer for me. Um, and I feel like I'm very, very beginning of this journey, but I, I do, even for the small part that I've taken, I do realize that it is, it is so important and it's so sacred and it's so vital that I know I need to like keep going on that path. I was just thinking as you're speaking that certain personality types kind of struggle a bit more to kind of get into the body and to inhabit the body because I'm somebody who lives a lot in their feelings and their thoughts, but really struggles to connect with their body. And so often I'm not a doer and I'm a lot more likely to, to um, avoid doing the thing I need to do. If I'm full of, of tension and stress, I probably do need to go and exercise or dance or do something that's going to help everything to come into alignment. But I'm a lot more likely to just kind of curl up in a ball and just keep feeling worse and worse and worse. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you've changed over the years as you've grown older? Has your relationship with your body changed? Yeah, I guess I... Um... I never really cared that much. Maybe didn't care enough <laughs> about <laughs> things like how I looked. I just didn't care enough. And I saw a lot of the negative impacts of, to me, what felt like people caring too much. So friends with eating disorders, um, you know, depression and very low self-esteem. But yeah, as I've just said, like when I became a mum, it was the biggest shock to me when my body didn't do what I thought it would do. Um, and, and I realized how much I'd put my relationship with my body on, but you know, not how it looks, but it will achieve the goal. Like it will, it will do the things that I needed to do. Mm. So when that didn't happen, that it was just such a shock and it, and it did change a lot of things for me. And I think I felt a bit like, um, yeah, just, I, as I said earlier, I just felt disconnected. Um, and what about now? Now, not so much. I was thinking about like how I relate to my body and I think sex and feeling sexy and sexuality is a huge part. Like it's a huge power play in a, in a great way to, to feeling that sense of connection to yourself and what your, and what your body can do. And I think now I feel much more positively about my body and being okay with its limitations at times being okay with not being okay with his limitations, like having days mm. when I am frustrated and being like, oh, it's so, so annoying. And I think I am seeing it less, hopefully less transactionally, like Adele was talking about earlier, like, what can you do for me? More like, actually, what, uh, it sounds, 
what can we do together? What is possible? Like, how do I, how do I feel things through my body and how do I process them like that? So I have got into outdoor swimming and, and that's just been an, that's just been amazing and an amazing release in terms of like anxiety. That is, it literally makes me feel better every time I'm in the water. And every time I get into the water, I think, how is this possible that mm-hmm. just getting into this, just swimming is changing everything for me. Just thinking about the way I breathe is changing everything mm-hmm. for me. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of like a zealot about all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that and, and feeling, and as a woman, I think, and, and a man, but I'm just saying it because I'm a woman, as a woman feeling sexual, feeling wanted, desired, feeling that capacity within ourselves, regardless of whether we're having sex, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what the other person thinks, but thinking about it for ourselves, that's just, it's so empowering and it's so um, healing. I think what I'm kind of pulling out of what you're saying and sort of connecting with for myself is curiosity. Yes, kind of about, a curiosity about the body. I'm very grateful for this, for you <laughs> for being able to do this. Yes, that is exactly it. Yeah, because I think that that's been the big thing that has shifted for me over the last probably decade, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know, but um, that's really changed the way that I feel about my body, or the way that I understand my body is that willingness to have create to, to have curiosity um, about my body and kind of wonder what can you do you know what what are you like even kind of curiosity about the way that I understand my body um you know what what makes it feel good what makes it beautiful what makes it strong what makes it you know what what kind of challenges it wants what feels good to it but um and also kind of like even questions around like um what makes it feminine what makes it masculine you know, and kind of making peace with that rather than sort of, because I, I think that I really over overvalued my body for a lot of my life. I felt that a lot of my value was in what I looked like. And mm. I placed too much, I, I felt that that was, well, I, I knew that that was something that a lot of, um, a lot of attention was given to. And, um, and I think I felt a pressure that I needed to sort of perform, perform femininity, perform beauty. Um, not because that's something that was good for me, but because it was something that was expected of me. It's like something that I owed the world. And it worked for you, presumably. Yeah. Yes. I bet. Well, I, I benefited from it. So, you know, um, I, I, bene- I benefited to an extent um, that from the fact that the world kind of viewed me that way. But I was also imprisoned by it. Mm-hmm. So I was also punished by it. So yeah. I wouldn't say that I, I totally um, benefited from it. I don't think it's good for anyone that we place so much value mm. on, on appearance. Yeah. So for me, this shift has been kind of curiosity about how do I understand my body now, especially as it changes and ages. And, mm-hmm. um, and I start to accept accept things like, my body hair, my breasts sagging, you know, just, you know, the various things that happen mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and recognize that it's not really about whether, it's not really about whether my body kind of fits a certain mold. It is a lot more about how I make peace with my body. That's the re- thing that really matters, really matters to me in the long run. Yeah. What, what, how did you have that realization 
or, or was it a very gradual thing? Did it come with motherhood? I think it has been a really gradual thing, just little epiphanies every now and then. But for me, what has really helped is realizing that the issues that I have with my body are not unique and individual. It's not just something that I go through as a person, but that they're all connected to bigger system, systemic things. And, um, you know, that they're connected to, to bigger things like sexism and colonialism and racism. And, you know, and, and that's not just true for me as a woman of color. That's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. That uh, all of the, you know, ableism, all of these things that affect mm-hmm. the way that we feel about our body. Um, that's not just because of our upbringing or our personality, but that we are shaped very much by the society that we're in and the role that we're told we have to play in that society. And that's a prison for all of us. Mm. Yeah. I actually feel a bit angry because I am only very recently having my eyes opened to the extent that we swim in that system. Um, I've just read a book by Emily and Amelia Nagoski called Burnout, and they talk about the bikini industrial complex. Um, And they're basically saying the whole world is set up to make women especially, but men to some extent, hate their bodies and have to conform to a very narrow ideal, certainly in the West, you know, um, that's unachievable really. And, um, yeah. And it, and it, and it, it's so embedded in, in everything. It's kind of just like, I heard someone say that the patriarchy is the ocean and we are the fish swimming in it. And it's like, it's kind of, if something's so all around you, you can't see it. And, and then it's like, if, if you suddenly start to, it's the matrix, isn't it? You suddenly start to see the cracks in the matrix and you're like, Oh, and so I'm in a place now where I'm really just questioning everything. You know, I had a conversation yesterday about just even makeup. And, um, you know, I said, I think my answer to why I wear makeup is that I, I don't wear that much makeup, firstly, but also I enjoy, you know, the creativity and, um, you know, spending time playing with certain looks or whatever. Um, but actually, I'm starting to think, is that just a script? <laughs> is that really what I think? Um, I don't know. I've got such huge question marks over the things that I have always told myself. So I don't have the answers. Um, but I feel a bit angry. There's, there's definitely some rage there. Because <laughs> I think it's hard. It's, it's hard to know where, to, once you see the, the kind of, yeah, the prison that you're in or, or the way that society does make us feel like this that we're not measuring up to a standard that no one can measure to and maybe we're just meant to live like this I I don't I don't think that at all but um I think it's quite hard to break out of it's a really hard one because I feel angry and I want to protest and I feel like I want to like do everything I can not to conform but then I have the other part of me that wants to be you know the the slimmest that I am within my sort of um, range. And I like being on the slimmer side. I like it when I can wear my tighter jeans and they fit nicely and I don't have a stomach that hangs over them when I bend over. Um, You know, I like my hair being long, thick and shiny and all this stuff. And I can't say I don't care. So I've got this real sort of battle of, I want to push it all far away from me. And at the same time, 
I want to paint my nails and curl my hair and wear red lipstick. It's a really hard place to be right now, but um, I'm going to be gentle with the process and I know that I'll figure it out and I'll kind of get to a place where I feel authentic in it. Because at the moment, as I say, I don't know what's truly my thoughts and my beliefs and what's just the stuff that I've just been handed by everything around me in society, the whole system, my whole life. One thing that makes me really angry about it is that I used to actually have a problem with my eating. And um, and I know the extent that that can control women, especially. And, and our thought patterns can be so unhealthy, even if we never, ever register in a, into the degree of having an eating disorder. I mean, I just see it in my friends, you know, we'll just casually chat regularly about how we need to lose weight and the ways that we need to improve our bodies. And like you said, Adele, aging, you know, the things we need to do to combat the aging process. And this is just natural conversations amongst a group of normal people that aren't ever going to, you know, end up in, in, in any of these categories that are considered worrying or anything. But, um, yeah, I, I've definitely been down that route of I, I overate and I would um, just stuff my face when no one was looking and then feel awful about it. But I was never huge, so it never felt like a proper, you know, issue, but it was. Um, and I was caught up in a big spiral of confusing messages around my body and and I, and I, I yeah, I shoved food in my, in my mouth um, as part of my way of trying to sort of push it all away um and I'm really glad that that's a long way behind me but I've because I've stepped into that zone of really just being out of control with my eating um it makes me more angry (laughs) when I'm now realizing the extent of of how this is just an acceptable message that we are brought up to believe I was going to say that we don't often talk about bodies, but actually as a society, we do talk a lot about bodies, but we talk about bodies in a really um, controlling kind of way. And, you know, when people do have like a meaty conversation on, um, on, on the playgrounds about bodies, it's often about like really negative comments about bodies. And that's kind of, it's almost like a a way of bonding with people Mm -hmm. over how shit you feel about your body. Yeah. Um, and I, I actively made a choice many years ago not to talk about bodies, which means that those kinds of conversations, I end up being a really awkward person to, <laughs> to have in a conversation like that. Because I'm just really like, quiet. What's wrong with her? <laughs> or not just that. I might actually say, I think let's we should change the, the subject. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But but we do we we do kind of reinforce these messages, and that's completely normalized. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's the thing is that it kind of almost shocks me now because I, I actively do not, I won't participate in conversations like that. I've made that decision, but, um, but I do realize that it's very, it's, it's very common. It's how people relate and, and bond with each other. And like and you say, Adele, really sad about that. you're actually praised for the negative um, comments about your body like it's socially um, desirable to hate your body to some extent if you walked into the playground and said you know everyone's saying oh you know I, I've put on weight over Christmas I need to go on a detox da, 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 da. and then you step in and go I feel the best I've ever felt actually and I, I think I look <laughs> amazing in my new clothes that I got at Christmas 
you would get some very interesting looks and probably a lot of people would think, who does she think she is? I was basically the opposite. So I, in a form of rebellion, quite young, didn't want to talk about bodies either, but not for a healthy reason, I think. It was just an act against, like my mum has had her own issues with food and weight and stuff like that. Um, Couldn't help, I think, but worry for me about my weight so would quite often like make comments not about me directly but like if I picked up a chocolate bar she'd be like wouldn't you prefer to have an apple (laughs) and um actually to the point where she's mortified about this but it's true she actually stopped buying snacks for our house when I was a teenager but actually she was buying them on the side for my brothers Oh, oh my goodness, mum! <laughs> I know, and she's she is mortified about this that she did this, but that made me m- even more like absolutely adamant to eat what the I wanted and do whatever I wanted and not not care. But of course, I did care to some extent because there's that other side of it wasn't healthy either because it was a kind of rebellion and kind of like a mm. um. It's like a rampage. It was a rampage, yeah. Like, and also because I had two friends that were very seriously ill with eating disorders, um, I was like, to me, I was like the absolute antidote to that. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. You can eat what you like. It's fine, you know. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, and it wasn't fine. Um, and so now, actually, I love speaking to people honestly about bodies. I find it very rare that those honest conversations happen. And so I'm not talking about that. And I agree, there's that whole culture of like, oh, no, I look shit. No, I look shit. Mm. <laughs> like, um, and, and, and I remember being with some university friends actually and saying, oh, I find, I find it really frustrating that girls constantly talk about losing weight, often girls that are very slim as well. And, and I've, I've made a lot of people feel really um, uncomfortable by saying this, but it was hard because I was like, I'm actually physically the largest person in the room right now. And I wasn't huge at all, but like larger than the people. And you're all saying how fat you are. What actually do you think you're saying to me? Like you are making a statement and I know you're not thinking about that while you're saying it because you're just thinking about yourself, but you are making a statement. And so I would always be angry and like outspoken or avoid those conversations. But if people can have an honest conversation about about like what you were saying earlier, Lou, about um, what what is it that drives me? Is it creativity? Is it like curiosity um, and the mystery of our body that makes me want to try out makeup or do different things? Like, is it because I want to present a, a certain style or a certain ex, you know expression of myself, or am I conf- like? Let's debate that. That's interesting. That's like in, that's so interesting and so fascinating. And I want to know. And it makes me think. Well, what am I naturally like? Because I've always totally avoided this world but actually would I really get into nails if I tried (laughs) or or like is there something about that world that's actually really interesting to me not just as a conforming but like as a an expression or something Um, I think there's a playfulness and there's a it's it's about kind of differentiating what is what is playful and what is actually choice um, to go that way and what are, what are you doing because you feel that that's ha- what you have to do that's what you're going to be judged based on um I I don't rem- I, I generally don't remove my body hair um I do remove some of it I am exceptionally by European standards very hairy um and I am um, um I mostly don't wear makeup or sometimes wear a bit of lipstick 
but I, I sometimes do want to wear a full, a full face. But the other day I was doing, a, I was being filmed for a job and um, the basis that I was going to be filmed for this thing that a lot of people were going to see um, meant that I wound up like um, removing my removing my upper lip hair and putting on this full face of makeup and having to get really dressed up and stuff. And I was thinking that it does feel, it feels good. Mm. And it, it always does. Like, I always feel like really feminine when I do all of that stuff. And there is something really nice about that. But I do think it's be, because I've been conditioned to see that as feminine. Yeah. And that, you know, the more, the more I, um, the more I conform to that, the more accepted I am, the more valued I am. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that I didn't want, like if lots of people are going to see me, then I wanted to make sure that they saw the best version of me. And who's to say that that was the best version of me that is very subjective. And it raised questions for my kids as well. Like they wanted to know like why I was doing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, and, and like, in, especially with removing the, um, the the hair on my upper lip because we are big Frida Kahlo lovers in our family and mm-hmm. part of the reason why we have conversations about that is because I'm very hairy they're probably mm-hmm. going to be very hairy as well and um and I I thought about you know the kind of the messaging that that is sending to them that I'm I'm okay with things most of the time until mm. I'm not and like the other day I went for my smear test and um, and I agonized over whether I was going to shave my legs because I hadn't shaved my legs in such a long time. And I thought, on the off chance that the doctor is a man, <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was just, because, and it's not because like I'm trying to present myself, like if it's a man, I'm trying to, you know, appear sexy or anything. Um, definitely not. I just felt like the shame attached to that would just be too distracting from having this, you know, when I'm, I'm having this medical procedure done, which is just stressful already anyway. I might and you'd well feel just... that shame more with a man than a woman. Yeah. And well, and, and, and as it turned out, I, there was a woman and I thought, and I thought actually, I, if I'd known that I probably, I actually probably would have just, just left it, even though it probably would have shocked her as well, because I am as hairy as a lot of men. So, but, um, <laughs> you know what though, you say this, I, also recently had a smear test. We're all up on our cervical health. I'm glad to see. <laughs> but um, uh, and I tried to wax my bikini line, um, and I always do it for a smear test, which I find hilarious because don't do it for my husband. Um, Isn't that interesting though? <laughs> that is so interesting. You're shaving your legs and doing your bikini line for a doctor, and it's I know. And do you know the joke was I always it, it is a bit of a um. Mike tried to get in the bathroom Or maybe Mike and Faith I've only got one bathroom in our house Tried to get in the bathroom While I was trying to wax my bikini line Which led to me not waxing it properly And just massively bruising that area down there And then me panicking Thinking are they going to think That something dodgy's happening <laughs> But <laughs> They probably there, see it all the time Jen Yeah exactly <laughs> As I'm there legs are kimber um, I remember thinking they're not even effing looking at anything around there. They're looking at your cervix and that's just it. Like they really couldn't give two hoots about your bikini line. And even um, if they were, they're not going to be sitting there thinking, well, this is an impressive bikini <laughs> line. It would never be judged impressive as me. <laughs> but I have had that kind of confidence, poor, poor, poor husband, where I'm like, you're just lucky you're having sex and I love having sex. So we get to have sex a lot, you know, so... 
that's a win for you. Everything else you should worry about. <laughs> is that is that explicit? Is that a conversation you have, or is that just something you you use he to just yourself to care. justify it? He doesn't care, right? I know a lot of women that do get it all waxed off, and I was just like, is everybody really into getting it all waxed off? Like, why? And am I like unusual that I don't want to, or are they doing it for other reasons? Like, are they I, doing I think... it because of pleasure, or like, as in for other people? Yeah, I think it's really, it really is a norm for women just a bit younger than us. Yes, I completely yeah. agree. I, I yeah. take all mine off. I don't wax it. I um, I cream it. Um, okay. and, and to be honest, I hate it because it never looks good. <laughs> I probably <laughs> should go and wax it. it How old are you, Lou? Just out of a, for a Oh, you know, I'm obviously... Permi- permission to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 36. I do actually get okay. confused about my age, but I'm pretty sure I'm 36. I, I only started doing it because my ex-husband liked it. So that was why I started doing it. And, um, and now, and you know, there comes a point where you sort of just do something by default. So having this conversation with you guys is making me think, do I, do I still want to do that? I don't, you know, I yeah, had a I choice. Think- now I would say, um, I feel sexier when it's, when it's fresh and I would say it increases my pleasure. So there mm-hmm. are reasons, but the feeling sexier piece, I'm now in this place of that's because it's the script I've always been given. Like. You know, my question, my question, my question would be, where does that come from? Yeah. So, yeah. Because I, I do relate to that as well, even though I've made an active choice, but I know that, um, I know that for me, definitely I have been on a bit of a journey of realizing because the feelings that I have about my hair is not just a case of just not feeling as sexy. Like there is, there has been a relationship and even now just a kind of having to constantly come back to actively choosing to accept it. Like it brings up feelings that are um, kind of unconscious, unprompted of, um, of, of shame, disgust, you know, mm. just things that you shouldn't feel about your body and that men never feel about their bodies. Like this is yeah. the thing that I sort of feel like when, because this this summer was the first summer that I decided I'm just going to wear, I'm just going to wear shorts and I'm not going to worry about it. And we would be on the farm and Lawrence would also be in shorts and he's got hairy legs and he doesn't give a fuck. So why should I? Yeah, <laughs> But it did still feel like a, a brave step, right? Yeah, it did feel like a brave step. Yeah. And, and in terms of like what you were saying about you don't, you don't shave, shave your legs for your husband. Well, that's actually been a conscious that's been a conversation that we've had, mm. um, well, a series of conversations that that we've had, where because I'm aware that you know he's also been conditioned, absolutely, to, you know yeah. what what he finds attractive, and we've had to. He says he doesn't. He says he doesn't care, but um, but we have had to have a lot of conversations about that just for me to sort of feel kind of safe, and that it you know it is not that I want his approval, but. I don't want to feel like we're having sex and he's actually disgusted by yeah. me. And for me, I think it's really important. Like I, I see it as I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving the children around me who will be socialized to remove their body hair. I'm giving them options. Absolutely. Um, and also I, I, I think it's really important that more people start moving away from these extremities of the gender binary so that we can, um, we can start tossing that out because it's hating everybody. I think it is trying to work out what what makes you feel better and why. Just all those questions of why and trying to 
deconstruct because you know actually I still shave my legs regularly and my husband who is very understanding um and lovely does say just uh, he's gonna love me sharing everything but he <laughs> does say oh my goodness you've shaved your legs tonight oh <laughs> <laughs> he thinks <laughs> the thing is like no judgment no judgment to the men that like women without hair or yeah. you know because like you say Adele they have been just as conditioned as us to desire that Absolutely. So it's it's just I think just having the conversations is the first step because you don't you can't expect anyone to suddenly change overnight and this is deep. This stuff is deeply embedded. When you were saying earlier about you know you like to be just being honest you like to be slimmer you might like to you know not um not have your stomach hang over your jeans yeah. like, fit well and all that kind of stuff, which is, is totally, you know, I definitely like to be in clothes that fit better. It frustrates mm-hmm. me when I don't have any clothes that don't fit. But also one of the things that I feel strongly about is that that, that assumption that everyone has that control over things, um, that if you work hard enough, you will look like this. And if you, yeah. Yeah. and if you, and if you don't look like that, it must be because you've not tried, you know, and actually there are some people that are trying like hell mm-hmm. that just isn't going to happen because of their genetics, because of lots of reasons. The general yeah. assumption, if you're fat, you're lazy. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And also how much like, um, how much people shame people that exercise who are bigger as well. Like, yeah, um, was it two years ago, the London marathon, the people that were slower and larger, um, not all large people are slower, but they got like um, absolutely shouted at by some people and London Marathon said they were going to change the whole way they did it because of the abuse these people received. Wow. Mm. Yeah, because we're not even talking about just standards that people measure themselves up against or standards that um, are difficult to achieve, but we're also talking about standards that are completely unachievable. Yeah. But like not and not necessarily people, healthy. Lots of people. Yeah. These things aren't necessarily healthy. Like mm. slim does not equal healthy. You can't tell anything about someone's health by looking at them, by the size of them. Like this is something as well. This is another like layer that's being revealed to me, like through books and podcasts and stuff. But I've been learning that the BMI is just propaganda. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's, it's the stigma around um, being overweight that causes the health problems. And it's the yo-yoing between like, you know, the constant diets to lose weight and then gaining weight. It's that side of it that is the unhealth that comes with being overweight. Well, when Boris Johnson came back on the scene after, you know, after his recovery and started like donning his exercise when having the camera follow him while he ran. (laughs) Um, What a lot of people were saying is that people who were judged to be judged to be larger by GPs were saying that they avoid going to GPs because no matter what issue they're going for, it's always going to come back to BMI. Yeah, you know, that's what it gets led with. And even if you, if even if you are a weight that is being, um, a weight that is impacting your health, like having that kind, be, being led that by that kind of judgments and not, um, and always being told that the solutions are this simplistic, that's not going to help anyway. I remember I've avoided, in big stages of my life, exercise because I felt like the only reason I'd be doing it or people do it is to lose weight. And I was trying to like bug the trend with that and say, no, I don't want to do it. But actually exercise is great for all of us, you know, and, yeah. and it's such an endorphin kick and so important. Um, 
And I think there are times when I've avoided it because it's just linked to the weight conversation. Like if I was to say tomorrow, if I was to write on social media, oh, I'm about to do couch to 5K or I'm thinking of getting back into running, I bet you people, maybe not publicly, but maybe would say, oh, it's great that you're trying to tone up. It's great that you're trying to lose weight. That's fantastic. That's what it would become. I don't think I've ever been as unhealthy as when I was on Weight Watchers in my early 20s. And I didn't need to go on Weight Watchers. I was doing it because I had my horribly warped perception of what weight I needed to be and how I needed to look. But I did it. And I look back at photos. And at the time, I felt like I had you know, reached my target weight and I looked amazing. But my eyes, I, I have a blood condition where um, my eyes actually do look a bit yellow they're slightly yellow tinged at all times, but when I'm tired or when I'm lacking in certain nutrients, especially iron, like they're more yellow. Yeah. My eyes are so yellow in the pictures of that era. And I just think, God, like everybody around me was saying how great I looked and congratulating me when I would turn down cake or whatever else. No one seemed to point out the fact that I had yellow eyes and I was probably very tired you know, so it, this is what I'm saying. It's like yeah. weight well, isn't the determination, like determining factor of health at all. But if we can get back that sense of magic about our bodies, not just about weight, though sometimes that might be part of the discussion. I think that can be amazing. I think that can be such a connection point. And if it can be not a weight, but like a, a kind of excitement, a link, then that can be a game changer for people. going to go back to it but that's what I think sex can bring as well for lots of people is that freedom and I don't think it does very often I think Mm. this is such a heavily conditioned area this is and that absolutely breaks my heart that um that people constantly are feeling like they're being judged in how they're performing or how they're looking and you know but I think if you feel safe and you like that's an amazing experience to share with someone and to have in yourself and you know solo sex also (laughs) but like that kind of sense of this is my body and oh my goodness I can feel this I think that can be hugely liberating you know for lots of people I think sex makes them feel bad about themselves because it makes them feel like they don't meet a standard Um, sex sex is a real key place for this to show up like it's intimate it's vulnerable it we're so conditioned about what's sexy um And actually the act of sex, you kind of can't really enjoy it unless you're comfortable. Like you have to let go. And if you're uptight, if you're self-conscious, if your mind's somewhere else, if you're not fully present and embodied, you're not going to have good sex. So it's, it's a very, it is, I think your sex life could say a lot about how you feel about your body. For a lot of us, that is the way that we the way that we walk through the world is wondering how are other people receiving me rather than taking the mood. And that's our motivation is then to be um, seen as doing okay rather than our motivation being, I'm here to enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we've all seen or experienced ourselves people that have that kind of aura about them of like, I'm here to enjoy it. Yeah. And also the confidence that comes with knowing your body. That's like, sexy. That is that so is sexy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my my six-year-old asks me what sexy means regularly. <laughs> he he loves I'm sexy and I know it. Oh my God, that song. <laughs> um, and my answer is always 
feeling comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And <laughs> so it doesn't always then match the song lyrics, you know. <laughs> and I know he's walking around using the word sexy and, you know, it can all get a bit confusing when they're doing that in their class and maybe everyone else has a different idea of what it means. But that has to be the answer, right? That is the sexy, like, that's the thing, you know, yeah. that's what makes someone sexy. One of the things we haven't really touched upon, but is that trusting your body. Um, you know, I think we've all obviously had some history with Christianity <laughs> and the church. And that's so counter to what we're taught, isn't it? Like that actually our self knows best is 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 definitely not what's taught by the church <laughs> at large. No. It's literally like let let this external force God, you know, tell you what to do. Don't don't go by your feelings or or your your gut instincts. Well, it's 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 summar- summarized in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and those things are innately evil. There's nothing yeah. there's nothing redemptive about them. But I think also our bodies are incredible and a mystery and they tell us so much. Um sometimes we they're not telling us the real thing and I think that that's something that I've really struggled with in the last year with having health anxiety is I quite often feel uh, physical symptoms of anxiety and my fear is, and the anxiety part of that is that I think it's something much worse, you know, and I constantly think I've, I'm unwell. But I would say your body in this scenario, in this, that scenario is doing you a huge service because it's alerting you to your high levels of anxiety and it's allowing you to then do something about that yeah. it's there to tell you something that's no you're exactly right it is true and that's like that is definitely the way I'm ad- approaching it now like well I know this is anxiety it's still going to scare me and I'm still going to worry about other things but I'm going to try and address the issue of anxiety until now I hadn't really listened to my body about um what it needed and 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 responding to it in that way our bodies are our compass. There are they keep the score, you know. And if we won't listen to them, then they will demand us to listen. They will pin us down to the floor. They will make us ill. I guess one of the things that I'm interested in is just about um, how we create spaces where people can talk about their body without feeling isolated. But all bodies are different. But yet there is there is that kind of necessity of commonality as well. That series of like, Oh yeah, I experienced that too. And that kind of comfort of that, of community in, you know, I don't know. This is normal. I'm not a freak, you know, totally that. And that is like life changing. I mean, I've blogged about this before, but the first time I had a smear test and she just as a throwaway comment said, Oh, it all looks normal. I was like, Oh, thank you for that. (laughs) Because you know, I'd ask Mike, like, doesn't it not <laughs> Girls don't compare their anatomy in the same way that I think boys do sometimes. I'm reading, um, I'm reading the the breast book with um the breast book by Emma Pickett to my nine year olds at the moment. It's a it's a, a it's a book about breasts. It's all about puberty, but it's focused very much on breasts. And there's a lot in there about how different breasts look and how different um women and and younger girls feel about their their breasts. And, um, and there's a lot of stuff in there about whether, whether you choose to wear a bra or not, you know, and lots of different opinions on, on that. And, um, and they, she asked me, why do I wear, wear a bra? Um, 
And I said, it's because I feel more comfortable, but I think that's just because I'm, I'm used to it. And that actually the more I don't wear a bra when I'm around the house, the, the more I feel okay about that. But I know for myself that I, it would take a huge mental shift to go out of the house without a bra on. And that's because my breasts will then look what they really look like, you know, whereas what we see when we go out of the house, most of us are the, the, bras are shaped to make us all look like you know they kind of they're, they're in a certain place and they're a certain shape and you know even if there's a bit of variety we're not really seeing the full full spectrum of what breasts look like I wish I'd read that book at that age Adele yeah, I spent my teenage years in Topshop buying uh what they called what they, wonder bras with extra padding I used to wear them on halter neck setting as tight as I could so they were digging into the back of my neck so that I get a little cleavage it was so uncomfortable I used to have backache neck ache all sorts I think I even went to a gel bra in the end which is like carrying an extra person mm-hmm. around on your chest yeah and so I, don't no, have, no, I don't have I don't have very big breasts and I just wasn't I wasn't comfortable with that yeah, so and, there are women um, talking about t- telling these kinds of stories. Great, as candidly, you just have. Yeah, great. And I, I would honestly say now, I like my little boobs. They're fine. I, I, I I'd happily go out of the house without a bra on. Like, I don't have that much there. So, oh, yeah. I can debate at the moment just because of what. Like, I just haven't got a comfortable bra, but I feel like I do need a bra, not just for society, but just because. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't just need a bra for society. <laughs> like, I just need it because it hurts and it needs support. I, I, yeah. If we can talk more openly about our bodies, it honestly, it's a game changer. The amount of women that I meet that assume there's something wrong with them, whether that's you know like their vulva and vagina or their boobs or any of that kind of stuff, because there's so much because it's so hidden, they then they just feel such shame and they're not getting things checked out and they're not because they're just mortified that they're not right. And I guess if you've never spoken about it with anyone and you only see programs like Naked Attraction where everyone does tend to look a certain standard, you know, where that's where they're showing their bits and they're completely naked and the the box opens to reveal their penis and their balls first. And then she like excludes them based on various on looks of that part of her body and whistles it down to deciding on one and then she gets naked that game was 100 percent designed by a man (laughs) oh they also did it the other way around but yeah i'm sure it was but But, um, i'm sorry but what is it would you honestly say that you're attracted to a certain type of penis like I'm sorry. I, I've done I, the old, I've, I've been on the online dating, you know, of, of late and swiping, <laughs> and occasionally you'd get a profile, get yeah. a picture of a penis, and you'd be like, or a chest, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about this chest or this penis. I need to see your face. I need to see your smile. I need to get a vibe with you. Like literally, if there was a body part on one of the pictures, it was a swipe left or whatever. The, I can't even remember which way you go if you don't want them, but. Yeah, body parts detached from the person for me have no, they're neutral. They, they, they're neither, anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, but I realise that that's not the case for a lot of women. Like a lot of women actually are attracted to penises. Like, Do you but think? It's, it's not, yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's not my bag, but yeah. But um, for loads of people, so for loads of women, those vaginas are probably some of the only vaginas they've seen apart from their own, mm, you know, yeah. if, they're, if they're straight, apart from maybe porn, I guess. 
because we don't see vaginas very often. <laughs> so then if you're only seeing people that are happy to go on a show and expose it and therefore probably going to conform to a lots of standards, mm. you're just, you're just so, I think you just, there's just so much shame. So where you can have stories of difference and celebration of it, that a hundred, was it a hundred vulvas or something that was on last year? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was pretty full on. You literally did see a hundred vulvas on the TV screen. But it was, it was fascinating. There's a great book um, that I read when, when my eldest was little, really, really little, um, called Cinderella Stole My Daughter. One of the things that she talks about in, in it is that, um, is that when, when we, if we do kind of say that, uh, you don't have to just be a princess, you can be a yeah, I don't know, astronaut, then um, what we're kind of saying to them is that there's something wrong with wanting to be that. And because that's what they want, there's something wrong with them. I find that really tricky because I really want my kids to know that they can be free. I don't even refer to them as, as girls um, as an active choice because I want them to be free to even figure that out. Mm. But um, but at the same time, I realize that I can sometimes um, go the other way and sort of almost make it seem as if there's it's it's wrong to to care about these things and so I, I sometimes have to pull back and remember that actually it's not really so much about what I say but it's really about how I live mm, and so yeah. you know they are going to make of that what they what they will but I'm going to communicate a lot more through the way that I love myself than through whether I tell them oh you can like other colors than pink mm. <laughs> it's it's a challenge but a good one isn't it like just opening opening ourselves up but and now by the way when i say that all i think of is the hundred vulvas <laughs> all opening themselves up at once they were and that's it for this episode thank you for listening to find out more about me and my guests please check the links in the show notes and to support the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to join me on Instagram at Big Lou Cook and let me know your thoughts about the episode. Until next time. <laughs>